0: Hey guys, Dominic Neshi here with the great Sam Assad. Did I pronounce that correctly? You did. Mate, so good of you to join the wealthy
1: team last year. feels good. Yeah? Yeah. You really enjoying fun. it? Yeah, so far, so good. So far. Um, yeah, surprises. Surprises. <laughs> now,
0: everybody out there, some of you met Sam. That those that haven't, um, too bad for you, you will soon. Um, Sam we feel great about him joining the team because he's come with a wealth of experience. See what I did there? Yeah, not that funny. Um, But Sam has come from Melbourne. He is a property developer. He's worked in real estate for 10 plus years. Yep, 10 years. Um, His family's been in property development. You could say that property runs in his veins. As a, as a property consultant specialist, he really does have a wealth of experience to bring to clients and I just love having this man around, bringing him to sites and getting his opinion on stuff. You're helping us find good quality real estate um, and even just asking better quality questions when we're with developers, the builders, and you can kind of see through the bullshit. Which is awesome to see. Um, so Sam, without me, I'll just shut up now. I would love
1: to hear a little bit more about yourself, like what kind of brought you into real
0: estate and yeah. a little bit about your experience and stuff.
1: Well, it's funny you say that because um, before I got into real estate, my family actually w- wasn't even in, dab- wasn't even dabbling into um, the property market. Um, so I, I, I got out of high school and I went straight into real estate sales and um, I did that for a few years, then got into development sales. I worked um, directly for a developer in uh, Melbourne CBD. He built a few um, few towers in Melbourne and I was, his, um, I was his only guy in terms of selling the apartments. And I did that for five years. Um, and I made some good, good cash, some good coin. My early 20s, all my mates were all flying overseas in Europe and I was—I just had this big, big ambition t- to be some kind of property superstar and, and I, I think I did considerably well um, and I got excited. So what I did is, is I got some inspiration from the developer I was working with and I thought, well, if you can do it, why can't I? And, and I did, did that. And I did that. Um, At 26 I had um, about three development sites. Um, I acquired three development sites. Um, One was already um, building, two were in planning um, and I did that between the ages of, let's say, 26 to about 29. I slowed down completely. I won, I, I won some, and I lost some, I guess, along the way, and um, there was a lot of lessons learned <laughs> being a developer, so, um, and yeah, it got me back into property sales, I think my, my, my um, original bread and butter, I would call it, and um, yeah, it's just, I've been exposed to a lot in the property industry, from sales, to acquisition, to development, to design, to project management, um, yeah, just an all-rounder, uh, uh, if you don't, yeah, it, yeah. I think just an all-rounder. Um,
0: Sam's pretty humble as well. He doesn't want to give too much away, I see, because, you know, he, he's saying, you know, I slowed down wins and losses. I can say that there's more wins and losses because I can, I've seen some of the properties that he has developed and I can promise you they are beautiful. Yeah. And I'm looking at some of the designs of the stuff that you are doing now Currently, yeah. and they're stunning, and they're not in shitty areas. No. They're in good areas in Melbourne.
1: No, I was lucky enough um, to um, acquire these sites um, in, in in the heat of the market, but it's still affordable, and there was still a lot of um, demand um, for, for um, housing supply in those areas. Um, but Melbourne is, is very different to Sydney when it comes to um, design and I personally wanted to be involved into um, specific designs that that, that, would, um, that that are not just the cookie cutter, just the builder's range standard crap that we see here in Sydney, Sorry. But um, I wanted to be a part of d- designs that would, um, you know, that are that are that are that are forward-thinking and, and and that are quite sustainable. That in five to ten years' time, you're still living in a in a in a in a, in a trendy apartment in an apartment whereby uh, things um, that have over evolved outside your apartment and that are still current. And um, that was one of my goals as as a developer. See,
0: that's refreshing because, you know, in Sydney development has almost gotten this bad reputation because I won't name any names, but there are a few key big development companies and even a lot of no name developers that don't have the same level I'd call them construction companies. Yeah. You know, they they are looking to get the highest possible margin on every development. And you'll know this better than most that in order to go for quality, in order to go spend money on design and get away from that builder's range. And for all of you out there, builder's range is effectively the cheapest stuff, the flat pack stuff, the stuff that's easy to,
1: yeah, Bunnings. Go to Bunnings and buy 30 of each and put it into a home and call that a quality uh, bespoke home. And that was quite shocking when I first came to Sydney. Um, you know the, the guys here call me a Melbourne snob, but I think I've I've I, I know why, and I think I am biased because I am from Melbourne. Uh, but when I first moved to Sydney and I saw what was offered here in Sydney for a whole lot more, I honestly was so shocked. There, w- <laughs> there was carpets in living rooms.
0: He won't let it go. <laughs> I
1: couldn't <laughs> believe it for new developments, carpets in living rooms, and. They were nearly sold out, and I'm just like, "What is going on? It's it's shocking." Um, and for anyone to think, then, why am I in Sydney? Sydney's got some got some good beaches, and I moved up here for a good weather and, and change of scenery. But my money's still in Melbourne. Um. <laughs> the the see see Sam's right. Sam's
0: absolutely right. Um, the, to find quality, you've got to search really hard in Sydney. Yeah, and you know for, let's just go and use a number. You know, if, if we've got clients now and they're looking to spend $650,000, mm-hmm. in Sydney, you're going to be buying a good quality investment if you're very careful. Um, but you're looking sort of 35 kilometers out of the CBD to get like a townhouse. If you're going to buy an apartment, you're going to get, you, you, you'll be closer to the CBD. But the quality is going to be maybe a couple steps above the builder's range if you've worked hard, done your research, and you've got the right people on your side. Okay? Now, in Melbourne, $650,000 gets you what?
1: Can get you a house. You can get your house firstly. But in comparison, can get you an upmarket build, um, can get you quality that's really like, really unmatched
0: DKO architects
1: yeah and we're quite where there's a lot of brand awareness um, down in Melbourne not everyone don't get me wrong there's you know the Baza and his youth and uh, Mario and you know and his dodgy brick layers, et cetera, etc etc but what I'm talking about is when you are buying in developments um, that are you know that are quite reputable um, the quality is is competitive and developers want to be known for their quality and not because they know it's going to get sold. They want to be known uh, for the quality that they are providing. And 650000 can get you something 10, 12 kilometres north of Melbourne CBD at high-end quality. And guess what? Timber floors is not an upgrade option.
0: No, timber
1: <laughs> floors is not an upgrade option.
0: You know, uh, blinds should not be an upgrade option. Yeah. Um, all inclusive should be
1: the <laughs> fucking standard. Ten, ten mil stone bench tops is not an upgrade option. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a ripoff, and it's just the little things. I know these are the little things, and not, they don't—they might not make your investment, um, you know, returns any different. But for longevity and for for the sake of you know you having a long-standing investment that will last. Um, without costing you an arm and a leg you know in three, four or five years in cosmetic upgrades, um, I think Melbourne is a, is ahead, but Sydney is generally a first option for um, overseas yeah, migration for migration yeah. it 's usually a first option um, for um, people that want to be you know beachside. There are lifestyle factors that play into um, the value of properties here. That Melbourne um, is is quite lacking, but. It makes up for it in, 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 in different attributes.
0: Melbourne's – I mean, Sydney's interesting that we have geographical constraints. It's very difficult to develop here. There's certain supply side constraints that are in Sydney that Melbourne doesn't have. Yeah, I feel like Melbourne's a big, sprawling city. Like the, the ripple goes north, yeah. east, west, south. Like It goes everywhere. Yeah, Where uh, Sydney's very particular, and Sydney doesn't feel like one city – it feels like three or four yeah. cities. Yeah.
1: Well, I always tell my clients and when I am showing Melbourne property, it's it's very straightforward with Melbourne because Melbourne's quite centralized. You've got north, east, southwest, and that's it. You've obviously got your regional towns, but here in Sydney, there are a lot of different factors. You've got Melbourne uh, sorry, Sydney CBD, then you've got Parramatta CBD, which I know now is receiving another Two billion dollar upgrade of, of facelifts, and then you've got the regional towns that are trying trying to be self catered, and so I think when investing here, there's a lot to take into account. To as opposed to Melbourne, which is a lot more simpler, you know, you know there is a, a ripple effect. You know, the ones in central are quite hot, and as you go further out, um, you know they ch- they they're cheaper, and, and and in time when they get hot. You just go out to the suburbs afterwards. Um, that might be a problem for Melbourne in twenty, thirty years time, but for investors today, it's something to really take into consideration. And I'm, I'm a big believer, and I, and I, I know I'm, s- I'm sounding biased. There are definitely some really good investment opportunities here in Sydney, mm. but I think Melbourne should be a front runner of an option if you've got. You know that subpar of six to seven hundred, seven to eight hundred k, mm. and you want to get some good value. Um, yeah, I agree. If you've got if you've got eight hundred thousand dollars,
0: and certainly if you're using equity and it's an investment, you're not using your first home buyer's grant or anything, and and you're in a Sydney based investor. Yeah. Melbourne represents amazing opportunities For sure. because uh, we we're, we're working we've worked on some sites where you're spending $700,000 and the amenity that you're getting, the quality, the design is on par to 3 million dollar terraces here in Sydney. Sure. I went and inspected a site just yesterday, a 5 million dollar site. They're using same sort of fluted gra- glass treatments same kind of like waterfall edge, like that kind of stuff that you're seeing in nearly $5 million terrace here was being delivered in that Essendon site that we were working on. Um, It's it's still available, but in Melbourne. Um, So certainly from a quality standpoint, uh, I, I also believe that Melbourne, I think it's interesting, maybe just culturally, like people in Melbourne know what, milk brand the barista is using and where the beans are come from and i think that that attention to detail maybe is translating into other parts maybe it's fashion conscious as you said brand name conscious and if you're going to go spend seven hundred thousand dollars you want to know that it's going to be for sure
1: you know a brand or we are very cosmopolitan down there and we're very we're 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 coffee snobs and um we've got a good cafe culture we've got a good you know our fashion scene and our 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 our, um you know alleyways and there's just some really good um cool attributes to melbourne and i feel that because of that culture it Translates into uh, reputable developers, you know, giving um, that kind of um, that matching that um, that trendiness into their developments. I mean, I know developers have got you know car wash stations, you know, co-working stations have got you know dog, dog wash and, and 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 now we've got electric car charging stations, click and collect, all in the basement of your new developments and for a quarter of the body corporate. And if you were to get anything like this in Sydney, it's it's like worse than a mortgage payment. Th-
0: yeah, they've got it's theatre rooms, they've got like... Um, virtual
1: golfing, they've got like... It's nuts.
0: ...proper meeting rooms. And do you
1: know know what, Tom? Like developers don't need to go to that extent. They don't. And they don't have to spend that extra two, three, four million dollars in amenities, but they do. Um, And they do because um, they want people... There's competition down there and they want people to, you know, to pick their... Um, home through them. Mm. Um, as opposed to Sydney, I feel they don't need to. And I feel like because they don't need to... They don't. The standard here in Sydney is that, oh, it doesn't matter if it doesn't have that. I'm happy with that. And I feel like people are being coerced into buying shit. And <laughs> and it shocks me, actually sh- shocks me. Um, look, don't get me wrong. There are some really... Nice developments here in here in Sydney. But you just got
0: to work really hard to go and find them. Yeah,
1: yeah, but but you have to you know really pay in excess um, you know of two three four million dollars to get something really sexy. And um, in Melbourne, you don't. The penthouse collection is is probably um, equivalent to a larger two three bedroom option here in Sydney. Um, and I think that's a just a, a really simpler way of, of, of really just trying to compare the both. Um, so yeah, so that's why I'm thinking. Well, when I speak to Sydney clients, um, and they want to invest, just weigh up your options. And yes, I, I, it's not always about the stone bench tops, and mm. you know how you know w- where your timber floors are from. Are they from, you know? Uh, so ha- yeah, y-
0: y- hand handmade yeah. bricks from Sweden Herring or something. Bone, like, yeah, it
1: doesn't, it's not about that. But what I'm saying is, is um, I think it should be a good front runner because you don't have to buy in your own backyard. Um, yeah,
0: it's a valid, it's a valid point. Um, and and look, taking, n- please don't walk away from this podcast thinking that we don't think that Sydney is a good investment market because it's an excellent investment market. There's many many good opportunities out there what we are really saying on this podcast today is that per dollar spent the quality that you get in melbourne generally speaking is better than sydney for sure so if you're going to spend your 800,000 dollars the quality that you'll get for 800k is basically the equivalent of 2 million plus
1: yeah. in sydney and just from an investment um, point of view, we, we talk about what what are factors of growth of property. You know, you got population. You know, we have got leading economists uh, saying that there's going to be double digit growth for Melbourne this year, and then we're you know we're on track to surpass the population of Sydney by 2030. And I think these are a, a major key factors as to if you buy now, you're going to see your property double in 10 years' time because whether we like it or not, Sydney's already dense as it is, hence why it all goes up. And, and Melbourne is on track to be like Sydney, but it's not there yet. So that means there is an opportunity to not go up and to have your own portion of land if you really wanted to. Um, here, syd- uh, apartments is, you know, a um, your first option if you want to be, say, in 10 kilometres from the city mm. um, and you've got a budget of a million dollars and a million dollars is still good money in Melbourne. A million
0: you. dollars a lot of money and it doesn't get you a lot in Sydney. Um, yeah, you've got to be careful. Weigh up your options, you know. what's? Let's talk about a specific deal. Like don't go too yeah. minutiae, okay. but like <laughs> what's, what's a deal recently that you really liked, one or two deals that
1: you thought, hey, this is just... What here you know, you in Melbourne? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sydney? Name Melbourne, Melbourne. Okay, Melbourne. Um, so, for example, we're selling um, a townhouse product out in Essendon, um, and and Essendon is classified as what we call Turak of the West. And if one doesn't know, Turak, Turak is uh, the most affluent um, uh, uh, suburb in Melbourne, equivalent to probably say a Vaucluse. Vaucluse, yeah, but Vaucluse is more expensive because of the water, but um. The Turac of the West, for example, in Essendon, you can still buy two three-bedroom townhouses there of high-end quality, um, subpar of 850000 to 950000 um, which is about six, seven kilometres out from the city. Now, Essendon is the halfway point between um, Melbourne CBD and Melbourne Airport. Now, if I was to do a comparison of something that, you know of something for Sydney, I would say, let's just throw Lane Cove. I know Lane Cove is about 10 kilometres, but I wanted to find a townhouse to live in Lane Cove, um, and I found a two-bedroom townhouse, same spec, for about $2.2, 2300000 million. Mm. Now, I know Lane Cove has got its, you know, own merits, but just for, you know, um, you know apples and oranges' sake... Um, why would you not go closer to the CBD from an investment standpoint um, and get you know the same quali- same quality in an established area in an area whereby the median price average is 1.6 million dollars, but you're buying at85900. So there's room to grow there.
0: Can I add to that? So for f- just as a, a reference point, the median is 1.6, but there are many, many houses being sold in that area. Mm. Where they're five, five, six, seven, 10, 20 million yeah. dollar estates in Essendon, similar to, similar to Lane Cove. There's multi million dollar houses. Yeah. So you can have um, at the end of your street a 10 million dollar house, and then, you know, a development like ones that we're doing, you've got an 850,000 dollar terrace, which is outstanding. tech out. To, as good as you can possibly ask for yeah. from a, a, a underground basement. Um, I said earlier, like uh, bricks, handmade bricks from Denmark. I think it is mm. like
1: ridiculous levels uh, quality. And again, they don't have to import bricks from Denmark. No, but they do, and it's part of their. Uh, it's part of their um, legacy. You know, yeah, pride. it's part of the appeal of, of the development and homeowners. I was saying to the team. You know, everyone watches the block these days and people are getting picky and people, there's, there's some buyer awareness out there and um, people want to know that what they live in is something of, of worth. And, uh, and Melbourne at times, most times with reputable developers live up to that. Um, and if not um, there's going to be other private guys and they'll make them redundant you know if they don't keep up that that kind of quality so
0: what's people like you like the, the average not to say no name but you haven't created you didn't create a brand as a developer no. but you still went the extra mile I did. with the design the aesthetic who you're working with and what you're for creating sure, for sure and there are many young Um, inspired, hungry developers in that Melbourne market that are hot on the heels of, you know, your Tim Gurners and stuff that want to make a name for for themselves. And,
1: and for example, Tim Gurner has. Um, I I remember his Fortitude um, uh, development in Brisbane. He went spent towards the end of the development eight million dollars in an infinity pool etc cetera, et cetera. now that wasn't part of the sale that was never included as um, a feature or an amenity but he did it anyway um, he could have cashed in that eight million this is just an example of what developers want to do to try to upkeep um, you know um, their names so look I know I sound biased but Not all. (laughs) You are, but it's okay. It's okay. But but not all um, developers in Melbourne are of that quality.
0: Certainly not. So don't go run out there and just buy some random crap. We're not telling you to just go throw a dart at the board in Melbourne and buy something random because you still have uh, every opportunity to get burnt. Um, you know, we're doing a lot of work and research. Sam is a developer; he knows what it takes to get it done. So when we're qualifying stock or uh, uh, real estate apartments, townhouses, houses, a guy that's physically paid checks, ordered you know um, materials, and lodged uh, plans with council yep. is qualifying that before making that as a recommendation.
1: So. I don't know what more you could ask for as a for client. Sure. For sure. And uh, on, on an honest note, um, w- when I said before I I won some and I lost some, there's instances where I've lodged to counsel and it took me, you know, a year and a half to two years for an approval, which ate away, you know, um, my time and, you know, it, you know, cash in the account and, is, there was a lot of lessons learned. Um, I went too hard, too quick, and I wanted to be something. And But, you know, f- I, I, back then I defined success as differently to what I define success now. And I feel as though I, what, what, what did stay the same was I wanted to, you know, develop some really good quality stuff. Um, and some of it, you know, stood and some of it I had to let go and some of it I kept as well. So... Um, yeah, so so, I think I think in terms of, of development, um, yeah, it was it's not as easy as as everyone thinks it is, but um, I I've, I've been there and worked with a lot of a lot of consultants um, with design, traffic, landscaping. It was all very important to make you know something very sustainable and very uh, on trend, if you want to call it.
0: Yeah, and and look, I, I don't want to harp on about it because. You know, you and I could sit and just talk about development <laughs> yeah. all day, but you've got – you and I have got some things to do. So, look, thank you for sharing your story. I hope to have you more on the podcast. And it's uh, it's so good seeing you and, and, and watching you talk to clients and the wisdom that you're giving them has come at no small expense to you personally. For sure. Um, you know – So anyone out there that's listening to this podcast that's, you know, felt like they got a little bit of value or inspired or want to know more about the Melbourne market or want to, you know, pick Sam's brain, feel free to reach out. Say hey. He's on all the social medias um, and is an incredibly good-looking man. So make sure you follow (laughs) him on Instagram as well. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Thank you. It's good, it's good you, to have you on the Honestly, show.
1: it's going to be a big year for us and I'm really super excited, um, you know, for the year to come.
0: So, like, subscribe, share with your friends and I hope to hear from you all soon.